Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means on Tuesday, I drove from the D.C. area down to Lynchburg, Virginia, for Malik Willis's Pro Day at the Univer- at Liberty University. Excuse me. I caught that show. There were a ton of NFL folks there, including um, people representing the Washington Commanders. Uh, also there with me, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Michael and I chatted uh, for a few minutes about what we saw at the Malik Willis Pro Day. What do we think about Washington's chances of possibly taking a quarterback in the first, where things uh, where things stand with Washington in the offseason? Talked, of course, more about Carson Wentz. And uh, also got into some other topics, including a little bit about the stadium, a little bit about Anheuser-Busch pulling out as a sponsor. Always a fun chat with Michael Phillips. I'll get to that in just a moment. In addition, I'll play a little bit of the audio from the Malik Willis press conference. I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, we, we spent obviously a lot of time recently discussing how Carson Wentz had fits into the locker room based on some things that we've heard with regards to Indianapolis and Philadelphia. So it was interesting to see uh, Malik Willis's, th- this is not the locker room setting, but it's a sense of who is this person? How genuine do they come across? What do you make of that, their vibe? This is the second time I've been around Malik Willis. Oh, actually the third time, I guess. Senior Bowl for real. It was there at the Combine as well. I think he comes across pretty well. Um, seems pretty genuine. That's part of the equation for teams who got to talk with him as well. Um, and obviously there's the throwing the ball. So we'll get to all that in just a moment as well as I'll, I'll get to some other Washington updates here on the podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes or Spotify or listen on the Athletic app. Speaking of the Athletic app, um, you know, people know I like doing the mock drafts, like the full-blown mock drafts. Um, I'm anticipating doing a full-blown round one mock draft on here, possibly for subscribers only. Um, and maybe something that's kind of thing where I do it subscribers only, and then a week later make it available to all. But that's something I'm contemplating perhaps uh, coming up here. We'll see. But just sort of floating that out there. But speaking of mock drafts, there is on The Athletic right now a brand new Washington-only mock draft. Uh, it has got a bunch in there. Uh, I pondered what to do at eleven. I pondered a trade down. I gave Washington a quarterback. I gave Washington a receiver. I helped the offensive line, did some other things. Uh, so you can check that out on The Athletic. And, of course, it's it's $1 a month for the next six months. If you subscribe through the web, go click on the article, and you can get going there. All right, uh, let's get to a couple quick things here before we get to my conversation with Michael Phillips, and then I'll let you guys hear a little from Malik Willis. Uh, first off, so Washington had representation at the Malik Willis Pro Day. Uh, Marty Herney was there, Scott Turner, offensive coordinator there, Ken Zampezi, quarterback coach, uh, Rob Rose, one of their assistants, was there uh, as, as well. And um, they're making the circuit. This is an interesting week uh, when it comes to the pre-draft cycle for quarterbacks. On Monday, Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback, and typically considered the number one guy in this class. He had his his pro day there on on. Monday, and there were people from Washington. Uh, this, basically, the same contingent was was there. Uh, Tim Gribble, the head of scouting. I did not actually see Tim yesterday, but I believe he was there, and, and I know uh, he he was there on Monday. And then on Wednesday, I'm talking to you guys on Wednesday morning. Today, later on Wednesday, I believe it'll be the 
let's see. Desmond Ritter, I think, is today, and Matt Corral is tomorrow, or maybe I have that reversed. Either way, those two guys are going this week. Sam Howe from North Carolina is coming up, and all these guys are going to make the circuit. And you know, it wasn't just Washington there. You had two head coaches, Pittsburgh's Mike Tomlin and Carolina's Matt Rule. Carolina obviously has the sixth pick. Tomlin, at Pittsburgh is at 20. You know, it's been talked that you know they may be very much interested in drafting a quarterback ever since Ben Roethlisberger retired. They've been connected to Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis talks about how he had uh, dinner with Mike Tomlin in, in in Lynchburg. He was shocked, shocked that Mike Tomlin ate chicken wings. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a very fun moment there that, that he couldn't believe that a guy he sees on TV is just a normal dude. Um, so that was uh, that was fun for sure. Um, so, so I don't necessarily believe, as you guys have heard me say, that Washington is in the mix for a quarterback at 11. It would frankly stun me at this point if they were. Ron Rivera, to me, agreed, saying the only caveat would be if they fall in love for a guy. And you will certainly hear people saying, wow, Malik Willis, how did you not fall in love with that performance? And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there is a little bit of, 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 of that. The point of a pro day when you're throwing to against no coverage and no pass rush is just to show off your ceiling, basically. Perfect conditions, what can you do with the ball? And he threw some nice balls deep down the field. He started off probably around his own 30 or 40-yard line, right? Moving the ball down the field, some short outs, a couple of crossers, passes towards the sideline, really nice, tight zip on the ball, tight spirals, just tight. I was really glad a couple of times that the receiver was in front of me catching the ball otherwise I could have been in 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 a world of hurt uh if the ball kept coming he, he threw he really has some zip on the ball you could see it standing there on the sidelines and it was a fun atmosphere people he had a lot of teammates there clearly a lot of people from the from the university were supportive of the whole event they were very proud to be hosting um a, a lot a lot of people from the NFL As, again if I didn't say somebody from all 32 teams uh were, were was there and so it was a good event. And while at one point, when when Malik Willis, he throws a ball deep down the field uh, to a teammate, leads into celebration. You probably saw it on, on SportsCenter. He, he's, he's excited. He runs down the field. Then he gets down to the field, and they do drills from the red zone area. I'm on the sideline watching this, which is where the media needed to be. And Todd McShay from ESPN is there. He's doing a live hit on SportsCenter, or whatever he was doing, something for ESPN, while Malik Willis is throwing, so it was sort of a little inception thing, him discussing Malik Willis throwing as Malik Willis is throwing, and I, and I shared a video of that on uh, Twitter. In any event, Todd McKay listening to him, he was gushing about how the ball wasn't hitting the ground, he showed off his arm, all that stuff. And and, and that may be very true. I, it seemed like people were impressed with him, both as, the, as, a, as a player and as a person and all that. Um, I don't necessarily know, though, that this means... Malik Willis is going in the top 10 or that he's QB1. I'm not still sure that any quarterback is in the top 10. I have not been getting that vibe. I know there's a little more of that momentum happening out there in the world, and we'll see. It just takes one team to get you know to, to get excited and, and make a move. And, and right now, Carolina at 6, uh, Atlanta at 8, Seattle at 9, all have quarterback questions, right? Um, at least from a long-term perspective. So, um it's possible those teams make moves. I'm still not getting that vibe, though. Uh, I, I still think it's possible that all the quarterbacks are on the board when Washington picks at 11, which isn't to say that they would take one. It's to say good spot for a trade down. 
But we'll see. Um, I think Desmond Ritter's making some some moves up into the top three, maybe even challenging for the top two spots. Um, so we'll see a long way to go on that. Again, more pro days to come. Like some of that, you know, to whatever degree these pro days change things, we'll see about that. Even if it's just perception, uh, that is possible. Matt Corral has not practiced since he or, or showed off anything since he was hurt in uh, Ole Miss's bowl game. So just having the opportunity to see him again, I think we'll go a long way towards his situation. A um, couple other quick things here on Washington. Uh, it's been a week, basically, since anything has happened. Again, I'm, I'm talking to you guys on Wednesday morning, and at this point, nothing has happened um, for Washington since the Andrew Norwell signing. Not even like they're bringing back any of their own guys. Now, my sense is today we may be getting some activity, though. Um, I, I think there could be a, a, an outside signing happening. I wouldn't say anything exciting, but just my get, getting a sense that something could happen. Also, the longer this goes with in free agency, the, the more likely it is that their own guys are going to return. Um, I think there's I think there's more momentum now for a Danny Johnson to return than there was at the start of free agency. Cornelius Lucas, I know, was looking for possible starting opportunities. If he's waited this long, they're probably dried up if or drying up. So the chances of him returning, I think, are, are increasing as well. And then obviously you still have some other players to, to consider. So, you know, we, we've talked a lot about what is Washington doing. They're clearly taking the patient route and particularly with their own guys kind of saying, you know, kind of here's where we're at. If you want to test the market, go ahead. Obviously there was confusion on the JD McKissick front. Uh, but at the same point there was, that's as broadly what they're doing. And it looks like it's, you know, could potentially work out for all involved or at least for them, I guess, if uh, guys like Danny Johnson and Cornelius Lucas are back. Uh, so, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Oh, just one other thing from there. Um, I tweeted about this a little bit, but Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously he is the, he, he is still out there at quarterback. This is uh, notable because it's, it, uh, his, his name came up a lot at the Malik Wills pro day because it came one day after the Colts trade for Matt Ryan, which of course led to a lot of questions about here. How come the Colts got Matt Ryan for a third round pick when, when Washington gave up? You know, two thirds, one third that can be a second plus a, a small pick swap in the second round this year, and took on Carson Wentz's money. Seems like the Colts got a better deal, and plus now May- Baker Mayfield is still out here. Uh, he may be given away for for nothing. It looks like you know, did Washington screw this up by trading for Carson Wentz? And I would just say, from what I was told, on a couple things on this. For one, Atlanta was not looking to trade Matt Ryan until it got involved in the Deshaun Watson situation. And once it wrapped its brain around the idea of moving on from Matt Ryan, a guy who's obviously been their face of the franchise for over a decade, they decided that this was a good time to bite the bullet, as as they say. Um, Atlanta's facing a massive cap hit, but it also wasn't going anywhere it, th- th- this year. Th- their, their roster sort of, whereas like with Washington, you can sort of talk yourself into saying if they get a legit quarterback, there's enough on this roster to be interesting. I don't think you can make the same case with Atlanta. I think they probably recognize that as well. So they just took it and said, we're going to get out of this now and move on. The point is that was not an option for Washington when they made their uh, choice on Carson Wentz. They did check in with Atlanta from what I was told, but there was nothing to check in on really at that point. So I wouldn't get worked up over that. Now, as far as, you know, at, you know, at that point that the Colts decided to move on, yeah, a third-round pick for Matt Ryan maybe doesn't seem like a ton relative to what we're at here 
with Carson Wentz. But, you know, look, Atlanta rolled the dice on Deshaun Watson. I think it was a reasonable decision. I'm just talking strictly football. I'm not talking about moralities here. I'm just saying if you're a team like Atlanta, you know, shoot your shot. Go for it or, you know, you're just sort of playing for the middle. They decided to shoot their shot and when it didn't work. They pulled back, and I think that seeing Atlanta tank, so to speak, could be a reasonable thought. Same with Carolina, who didn't get Deshaun Watson either. As far as Baker Mayfield goes, I don't know where he where he goes. Seattle is the one obvious team, but I don't know. People were talking about that the Seahawks really wanted to give Drew Locke a shot, or they're open to giving him a shot. I don't know if that's a negotiating tactic or not. We'll see about that. Anyway, um, I wouldn't get too worked up over the Carson Wentz compensation, at least from the perspective of Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield. I still do question why they gave up all those, you know, all the picks and took on the money, but not in relation to the Matt Ryan part of this. And some people will say what they'd rather have Carson Wentz only because there's more upside. He's younger, et cetera. Could be, you know, whereas Matt Ryan is clearly on the back end. There's also no locker room issues. He's a leader and maybe playing with a better team overall. Matt Ryan will show he's still got more in the tank for sure. All right. Um, here we go. Let's do this. Let's switch over to my conversation with Michael Phillips. Always fun catching up with Michael. Like I said, we talked from the pro day. We, we, we share our thoughts on the day itself, where Washington stands in for agency, and a whole bunch more here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right. Joining me here, as promised, from inside the very nice uh, indoor football facility here at Liberty University is uh, Mr. Football himself, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Uh, haven't haven't seen you for a minute, so it's good to see you. And we saw a, a bunch of people here today to check out Malik Willis. Uh, forget the football part. We just got done with his press conference. No doubt you came away from that going, this guy, can we get him on our team? <laughs> forget forget Carson Wentz. Can we bring Malik Willis? He is a lot of fun uh, behind the microphone. He's, he's on the all-quote team. He's a lot of fun. Like I, I mean – the questions have nothing to do with what he showed on the football field today, man. He was fantastic. He, he makes big throws. He, he, the teammates love him. You can tell. Um, you know, he, he's got the whole array of moves. He's fast. Um, it, you know, he's everything you want. There are questions beyond that. I get that. But, but you know, in this venue where Chase Young's not running after him, he was able to put on a show, and, and he did. It was it was a good showing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm starting with the press conference. That isn't what he's going to get paid a lot of money for. He's going to get paid to throw the ball 50 yards down the field and throw uh, nice tight spirals on out passes and things like that. But there is a component to what do you, what is your presence? We're obviously dealing with a quarterback right Basically now <laughs> right, that, that Washington just acquired, that yep. there's some questions about some yep. of these things. And this kid just came out here. This is not about Carson Wentz. But this kid just came out here, put on a bit of a show, but a, a genuine show. He he was talking to us. Like you asked him about what it was like to have dinner with Mike Tomlin. And he gave a, a great answer basically saying, wow, Mike Tomlin eats chicken wings. <laughs> like, and and, and, and his, just, everything about him just seemed very genuine. And a lot of these guys get coached up. And all that, I, that to me was impressive. And I've heard he's done well in his interviews, and I can see why based on, uh, on what we saw here. No doubt. And Hugh Freeze was glowing in his praise. You know, all coaches are glowing in their praise, but he was telling stories. That, that, that's what you're listening for. Like every coach, you know, ah, you got to take my guy. He's great. He's a good team player. But he's telling us, you know, stories about, hey, you know, this defensive lineman didn't want to go to a charity function. So Malik was like, yo, well, I'll do it for you. You know, very you know, specific things where you can just tell, you know, He's meant a lot to the guys around here in this place. Obviously, we're not here today if it's not for him. Um, but but he shouldered that really well. And um, I, I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. I, 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 guys like that make the NFL fun. 
So, so set aside, I don't think he'll end up in Washington, but set that aside. I hope this kid has a lot of success because when guys like that are winning, we all have more fun. Absolutely. I, I asked him what's it been like the last few months because it's obviously you know, this is a pretty intense situation. He goes, really? What's intense about it? He's <laughs> like, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, it's like, you know, obviously it's important, but it's, you know, I'm having fun. This is a great opportunity. And what, what what's there basically what's there to worry about? He stood on the shoulders of the guys before him, too. You know, you think about a few years ago, Lamar Jackson, you know, getting asked to run tight end wide receiver drills or whatever, you know, whatever that story is. And, and, and now, you know, we've evolved to the point where, you know, 32 NFL, 27 teams, I think, right here today, 27 NFL teams can come out here and say, here's a quarterback. We're looking at a quarterback, even though there's not a huge track record there. There's only two years of starting. He, he was in, you know, Liberty. It, it's not, I, they just joined Conference USA, I think. Maybe that was this year. You know, it, it was very recently. Um, you know, they don't play top-tier competition. So the fact that the NFL could see this guy as a quarterback, I think it, it represents tremendous progress in so many areas. One, small schools. Two, black quarterbacks. Three, mobile quarterbacks. You know, all those different things uh, just kind of coming together um, that, you know, we can just celebrate this guy as a great quarterback and not have to worry about all the other shenanigans. As far as the throwing of the football, I, I will just preface this by saying, now I, I'll speak for myself, Michael can say otherwise, I, I, I'm not necessarily watching this going with expert eyes going, wow, look at the way he just, his, his footwork and the way he threw the ball. Uh, it was a lot of oohs and ahs when he completed deep passes against no pass rush and no, 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 no defensive back, but you know, in talking to some people here, um, you know, the, uh, their view is: look, we get it. This is not the end-all, be-all, but it's this chance to see the ceiling. Can he? What can he show us? And he clearly showed some good arm strength. I, standing on the sidelines when he threw some balls in our direction, the tight spiral and the speed. I was glad that the receiver in front of me caught the ball. <laughs> Otherwise, we maybe a one-person podcast with Don't you. You'd be hosting the standing room only because I'd be somewhere else getting treatment. Uh, what, what did you think of the uh, the football part of it? Yeah, you know, the big question mark here is, you know, can he learn at the NFL level? I think that's what we're waiting to see. And I think he's in an enviable spot in some ways in that, I, you know, I don't think anybody is under the impression he will start week one. And I think he's going to really benefit from that. Like, I think everybody needs a year when they get to the league. Like, I mean, we could probably do the list on one hand, you know, Andrew Luck, um, Peyton. Justin Herbert. Justin, Justin Herbert did dominate out of the gate. That's true. It, but it's it, not many. I, it's, I, a, it's a short list. And so, so the the fact that the league sees he's going to need a year, uh, I think, really works in his favor. Now, will he get it done? Who knows? That's always the question we come away with at these things. Like, yeah, yes, he's talented. Like, there, there's probably 100 guys in the world that can make all those throws that he made today. Like, it's an elite club. But of that group, there's only 15 that can do it while reading the defense, while being chased around by Chase Young. That's why they're special. That's why they're NFL quarterback. Can he join that club? I don't know. Nobody knows. You know, if anybody was really that good at the draft, they'd have a Super Bowl team every year. Um, There's some randomness to it, but uh, but certainly, you know, nobody's going to look back at this in five years and say, like, oh, you know, everybody should have seen this coming, like, if if he doesn't pan out. He's got the tools. He could pan out. Yeah, no, he he's impressive, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what what to make of this. And talking to some different people here, uh, coaches, execs, others, um, you know, the question is, okay, Malik Willis aside, what do we make of this? Are some people are starting to say, hey, this is an underrated group. Don't be surprised if there's some better people coming out of here than people think. And then others are still like, eh. I don't know. I don't know if I see any first round picks out, out here at, at all. And that's what's going to be so interesting 
to, to see from this group. Now, of course, the team that we cover had representation here. Uh, Scott Turner was here. Marty Herney was here. Yeah. Uh, quarterback coach Ken Zampezi was here, among others. They were at Pittsburgh on Monday. They will be at the subsequent pro days this week, Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about any of this since they made the trade, but I, I've been, I don't believe they're taking a quarterback at 11. They would, Ron Rivera told me they would have to be basically in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. As interesting as Malik Willis is today, I just, if, based on the totality of the evaluations out there, I just can't comprehend they're going to fall in love with somebody at 11. But what, what, when you see something like this, do you think that like changes minds on any level? Well, first off, I don't think Malik Willis will be there at 11 because I, you so know, you think he's, you, you think he's going early. We say this every year, you know, like, you know, the first mock drafts always have like, th- you know, three quarterbacks in the first round, and they're scary. And then the, you know, the closer we get to the draft, they creep up the board and up the board and up the board. That happens every year. Teams trade in for those guys. If Malik Willis is there at 11, you got two things in play. One of them is you might be able to get a trade haul. You know, so somebody who didn't think he was going to make it to 11 might be ready to pull that trigger, jump on up, go get him, you know, whatever that team is. Number two is, if you feel good, you should take him because it's a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, you got to just be ruthless and relentless in your pursuit of, of, you know, an elite quarterback in the NFL because it's such a difference maker. I, I don't think they'll take a quarterback. I'm just saying, if you think he's the guy and if he's on the board, don't second guess the pick run run that card to the commission that said the guy they have now it appears that it, the the uh the beginning of the end in philadelphia seemed to coincide with them drafting jalen hurts in the second round now it's mm-hmm. been a couple years and maybe carson wentz has a different view of life since all that happened but it seems like if i'm washington i'm like you know what we just made this investment ronda vera is kind of all in right now and saying that he thinks he's gonna you know he's he has no more questions about Carson Wentz, that this is going to be their guy. He hopes for the foreseeable future. Based on that alone, I would, I'd have to be over the moon to risk it because even though I don't want, I don't, I don't want to play into the, what this guy's neuroses or whatever. If that's the right, I don't know. Yeah. Is that, you're, oh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Done. But on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna not. I, I, I'm in on Wentz. They've made the deal. I'm going to skip it almost just based for that reason. Nah, if, if you can't handle that as a pro football player, it, it's best to move on sooner rather than later. Because, look, he's going to throw an interception. Somebody's going to yell for Heineke to come in. Like, that that's going to happen even if you don't draft a kid. Like, that is inevitable. If you can't handle that, he I, I don't know. I'm of the belief that it, it's best to find that out as soon as possible so you can move on to other more legitimate options. Right, but even with that said, even if that's not a thing, Carson, it's like, to, to, no, it's all good. I, I still... I, I'm not going to do that because for a basic, I mean, I'm again, if you fall in love, it's a whole other, I don't know what to say about that. But in general, Carson Wentz is not an old guy. They need him to succeed, not just to be a winning football team to keep their jobs. If Carson Wentz bombs and after next this year, we're talking quarterback again, Ron Rivera and everybody else is probably on the hot seat. Alternate situation, Carson bombs this year and next year's Malik Willis's year because he's been developing and growing for a year. Nobody's on the hot seat. You bought yourself another year. I mean, very true. Uh, I guess, like from a from like a perspective of like they're clearly trying to win now, like oh, yeah. right. Oh, so yeah. if you spend the 11th pick, let's just say they stay there and not a trade down, mm-hmm. I think we're all then that, yeah. then that player is not going to help you this year realistically, and therefore, from the purpose of this year, even if Carson Wentz does some good things, you've now this 11th pick could be a receiver, could be a safety, cornerback, whatever. That guy's not playing. So for me, like that's more I struggle with this as opposed to say if. 
like Atlanta had kept Matt Ryan, right? They're not really kind of maybe trying to win this year. Drafting a quarterback behind the old 37-year-old, that might be different to me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was telling you, the draft guy, this. But but to the audience, like, everybody's the trade-down guy. you got to trade down. you got to get more picks. Like, every team wants to trade down. Every, there's no value generally in trading down because every team wants to do it, and so few teams want to move up. It's why teams don't trade down more often because there has to be an equivalent number of trade-up teams, and, and there never is. Well, Michael, you know, sneak preview for you. There'll be a new uh, Washington-only mock draft <laughs> Wednesday morning on The Athletic, and guess what I have? Did you trade down? I did. Yes. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Oh, well, the standard group's the best. Because, because, <laughs> I mean, because it's like, okay, well, here they're at. They insulted the standard group right to his duh, face. I love it. They've got a quarterback, <laughs> right? And the teams behind them, Saints at 18, the Steelers at 20. The Steelers had, uh, you mentioned a lot of teams here. Mike Tomlin was here. Kevin Colbert, mm-hmm. their GM, was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Carolina, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, I think were the ones that had the most, like, sort of headliners mm-hmm. yep. here from the organization. So if, like, those, if one of those teams wanted to uh, trade up for a quarterback, I think the trade-down conversation is interesting enough. And, look, the reality is, mm-hmm. like you said, maybe Willis isn't even there for Washington, which would maybe mean that maybe neither is Kenny Pickett. But at the same point, maybe they are. And so the trade down, this is the rare opportunity. You don't need the quarterback, per, you know, in general. You don't need the quarterback. Other teams do. Take advantage of it. Think big. And to me, this would be a good trade down spot if, in fact, Pittsburgh or, or, or the Saints or somebody else wants to make a move. All right, question for you, Mr. Standigroup. When they pick at number 11, yes. who's on the board between Willis and Pickett? Who's left? I mean, either of those guys? Will, will either of them still be on the board coming in to pick a lot? Um, so, right, everything's shaken up a lot, right, over the last few days because of all these deals. Seattle now right. holds the ninth pick. As it stands right now, they have not acquired a, an obvious veteran. They have Drew Locke. Yep. Uh, they're, everybody's trying to sell me that they believe in Drew Locke. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe they gave Baker Mayfield, but that probably that wouldn't preclude them from drafting someone. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta is at eight. Now, they just made this. They just got rid of Matt Ryan, which we totally get, but now they have – they send Marcus Mariota for basically a year. Mm-hmm. They could be in play, but at the same point, oh, and also there's Carolina at six. They've completely struck out so far. I don't know though if I'm any of those teams. I'm good. If they, if the evaluation of these quarterbacks is the, is accurate, that this is not that expiring of a class, I'm gonna go for the tank route and go for the Bryce Young group next year. So I think there's a decent chance at least one of those two guys is there, and maybe both. Uh, but like you said, it, it's it, over this next month. We'll see how. I mean, look, you get nervous. You don't have a quarterback, right? I mean, wh- wh- what are you gonna do? You you need to some some places you need to sell your organization hope. Carolina might be like, oh crap, we 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 struck out on Sam Darnold. And Carolina's antsy, big time antsy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it struck out on Sam Darnold. It looks like the Cam Newton thing fizzled out. They promised, they've talked big. They waited from Deshaun Watson to get it. So you know, there is a world where they say, screw it, let's take any of these guys. See what happens. And worst case scenario, we completely stink. We go back at it again. They just serenaded Todd McShay with happy birthday. It's uh, Todd McShay's birthday. Uh, big day out here, Liberty. It, it, it is. Yeah, Todd McShay yeah, is out here. On the mountain? On the mount? What, uh, you what, tell me. I don't. I, are we on a mountain? I mean, I drove here. I, everybody seems to keep saying that. Uh, we'll look into that. Oh, any, okay. any Liberty listeners can fill us in. <laughs> um, Freeze said that at least nine times in a thing, like, here on the mountain. Like, I don't know if that's figurative or literal, to be uh, honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I drove here from D.C. today, and I 
I didn't feel like I was climbing in elevation, but I, I, I sometimes it catches up to you though. Like, are you feel a little, little wheezy, like a little, you know? Well, you, you got your breath? No, I mean, I've, your legs under uh, no, no, no. I've been, it's been, it's been a lot of, <laughs> I told you, at the combine, it was a ton of walking. I was ill-prepared by sitting on the couch for three weeks, yeah. doing nothing, so it was kind of the same deal. Fortunately, this was a pretty simple park and uh, and get out. Um, Carson Wentz, we didn't really even talk about this with you. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, fine. Um, you know, I'm, I, it's not a good deal. Like, nobody's wowed by this. I, you know, you, you can see several ways this plays out. He bombs, it's fine, whatever, you move on. You know, it, it's not like you were going to do any better this year. Um, he succeeds, you give him a big contract. That's potentially dangerous if, if it's a one-year mirage, but I think everybody's in general fine. There's worse problems to have that, than success in rewarding it. Then there's that middle ground where he's good or he's good for a while, gets hurt in week 10 like you know there's that messy middle that that could come out of this uh you know i i'm just a big fan of going rookie in the nfl always have been always will be so you'll never see me like get pat a team on the back for acquiring a veteran other than you know your watson and wilson those are the two veterans that got acquired i said that that team should be pumped that they got what they got matt ryan sure that fits in india it seems to be what they do they get a new veteran every year those are about the three, though. You're never going to see me really laud a team for bringing in a veteran. But what choice did they have? They needed a quarterback. Uh, the quarterbacks they courted did not want to come here. Uh, and so we end up with Carson Wentz, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree it's largely. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get why they did it. Yeah. I wish they hadn't given up the picks and taken on $28.3 million of his of cap. But... They, they did what they had to do. And for the people who are going, hey, they could have had Matt Ryan for a third. There's no way they could have known the series of events that had to have occurred for that to happen. I'm there, not going to dig them for also, that. People get, it just drives me nuts. You couldn't have had Matt Ryan for a third because Matt Ryan wanted to go where he went. Guys don't want to come to Washington, period. Like that. That's what we learned this offseason, and it's tough. And, and the sooner you learn that, the sooner we can move on to. That's why they have Carson Wentz and not Matt Ryan. I, I think it's a tremendous point, a, a, absolutely. A um, couple quick things before I let you go. Taylor Heineke. Now, I want to ask you this because you are the Taylor Heineke uh, expert here. There's no quarterback competition. Do you feel that they've been slightly disrespectful to him with this constant talking about, like, we had to get something better? Like, even, like, I think John Kime had a story the other day about Ron Rivera. He talked to Rivera, but Rivera wanted tall guys. I just kept thinking to myself, why don't you just say Taylor Heineke's short? Like, (laughs) and I, I don't know, do you feel like, it feels like, I mean, he's still here. I don't know. It feels like there's been, like, he didn't get mentioned at the end of the year press conference or anything like that do you you're, you're good you know you're, you're not feeling slighted no nah, because i think he'll be here and and i'm excited to see what he is with a, with the full off season of work but i i think the ceiling is evident and i think ron rivera's offseason comments just alluded to you know, we view this as a potential super bowl team in the next few years um agree or disagree if you want but you know i don't know if they are or not that's how ron rivera views it and i think we can all agree taylor heineke's not a super bowl caliber quarterback totally um, so yeah no i i don't know as long as he's still there i I don't think he's got grounds for uh, for grievance. Um, stadium talk. It's too much to get into just yeah. to, for all this, but you are been on top of this from the certainly from the Virginia perspective and all and all. Uh, I, it, 
I heard you talking about this the other day on the radio. I, I if you and I think that you were posed the question if given like a hundred dollars to put it down, where would you go? And you put most of yours on Virginia. Sixty-five on Virginia. Yeah. I, I think I'm almost kind of the opposite onto the Maryland side, which isn't to say it's definitively logical. And there is something to be said for purely money. If Virginia is going to front the bill, mm-hmm. boy, that's something that's going to be certainly attractive. And 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 you know, Dan Snyder having just bought out his partners, we don't know where his cash flow is, things like that. I still go with Maryland though. But what? Give me the the the, 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 the quick take why are you still saying virginia yeah so so let's hit all three real quick rfk it's going to be there if they can get the land like that's not even it's a hundred it's a hundred dollars on rfk if you think there's any chance they can get the rfk land i don't think they can i think it's just too tall of a, a mountain they're going to keep trying i don't think they can get it maryland that's the inertia play you know in maryland's been selling them on landover build a new one in the parking lot tear down the stadium build your village around it um you know you're there you own the land it's it's not complicated uh, and then Virginia's the money play. Virginia's going to give you a buttload of money to move there. I, To me, if you're Dan Snyder, you want to be at RFK. That's your top choice. And if you're not at RFK, they're all they're all crap choices. They're all second best. Even like everybody, oh, well, Landover, they play in Landover. Yeah, and everybody hates it. Like, nobody likes Landover. Uh, all the options aside from, the, from RFK are second best options. And if you're going to take a second best option, I think he's going to take the giant pile of money. The, the, the one thing that cracks me up about the parking lot thing at Landover is, Okay, if you're building in the parking lot, where is everybody supposed to park? And then, of course, the takeaway people, nobody's going to the games anyway. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that the takeaway? <laughs> we got a lot to work out there, don't we? Right, I was like, well, where's, where's everybody going to park? Yeah, um, and lastly, uh, the in, in the last few days, we found out that Anheuser-Busch uh, was was bailing on them as a sponsor. But is sticking with Taylor Heineke. Yes, they're sticking with, <laughs> sticking with Bud Leidecke. Um you know, I, you know, we try to figure out what these things out, and it is notable. I think it was in the Washington Post story that Anheuser Busch still very prominent in the NFL. They still sponsor most of the teams, but this was the only team that they seemed to decide they were going to move on from. We can probably infer from that that it has something to do with all the shenanigans that have been going on here with the ownership group. But to that end, is this you know a sign? Do you, what's your what's your best guess as to where this is going? Because it does seem a pretty significant move. But we'll see. If Coors Light comes in, then I guess maybe it's not that big of a deal. But what do, what do you think? I don't know when this is going to post. We're going to the owners' meeting this coming weekend. Yeah, you'll be there. I'll be there in West Palm. It's going to be a fascinating weekend. Maybe we'll re-record at the end of that next Wednesday. Because I, I am very curious to take the temperature of the room down there in Florida with the owners. It, money talks. And Bud Light's money screams. That is important money. The, 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 very important to the league and to Roger uh, and the operate. Important to the shield. I am curious to take the temperature of the room. Is this something? This might be something. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of feel like it's something. And ultimately, at the end of the day, people ask me all the time, I'm sure you too, what would it take for, the, for, for, for Dan Snyder have to sell. And I always say it's, it's up to the other owners. They have to decide how much they want to force this. And one way for them to decide it's enough is when the money starts to become a problem. Now, maybe okay. this has nothing to do with them, okay. but you know there, there becomes a point where maybe, uh, maybe it does. It's a revenue-sharing league. One man's problem is, is everyone's problem. Um, all right, Michael, you can go. Uh, I appreciate the time. Go go enjoy your chicken wings. You and uh, I don't know if you, Mike Tomlin's around to eat and them the, with you. And the crab fries, he said. Get the crab fries, too. Oh, so, I, I missed that. Yeah, good. you recommended the crab fries as well. Look, I'm, I'm going to be here in Lynchburg for a little bit longer. Might as well. <laughs> good, good tip. Uh, Michael, appreciate it, man. All right, good times. 
All right. Uh, good stuff there with Michael. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about Malik Willis. I just wanted to share a little bit since I had of it. Um, and there weren't a ton of reporters there, so I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what was there, uh, what was said from Malik Willis, and just some of the, the press conference. That's it. Here we go. So here's some Malik Willis from his press conference with the media following his pro day at Liberty University. You look like you had a lot of fun out of there today, and it seemed like that was the reaction. Besides what you did with your arm and your legs, did you get – was it fun, and did you have anyone kind of talk to you about that afterward? I mean, I try to always go out and have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, we're blessed to be doing what we're doing. I mean, it's a children's game, and we're trying to, you know, get paid doing it. So I feel like that's cool in itself. And it, these are the guys I've been working with for the past three years uh, with addition of, you know, Trey Turner and, and JJ uh, and Frankie coming back. I never got to play with Frankie. but It's just, you know, it's exciting. We get to go out there and have all these eyes on us, and we get to do what we, you know, work hard at every day to do. I mean, I don't even know if I had any goals. I was just like, you know, you got to have pro day, so I was just going to go out there and have fun and try to be the best I could be. Take us through the deep throw where you ran down and hit bumped afterwards. That looked like a lot of fun for you. Tell me about the process of that. And, uh, did you cut? I think you only threw 69 balls versus 70. Did that shorten it up at all? or? Not really. I mean, I was just hyped because uh, my teammates on the side was hyped. Because I was running down there because I was like Kev because that was a great catch. And I mean, he ran right up under it and I was excited. I was like, oh, that was a good one. And then I run down and then, you know, our whole, you know, section of uh, athletes, our whole section of football players, my teammates, it was just, they were so excited. And I and it just gave me more energy. So I had one. A couple head coaches were here today, Matt Rule and Mike Tomlin. Did you get a chance to spend some time with them, uh, you know, kind of away from here? I got to chop it up with a lot of people. I mean, I feel like that's a blessing within itself, just these high-profile guys wanting to just talk to me, you know, and talk, be here to watch me and my teammates do what we do. Uh, like I said, all the glory to God, and it's been the biggest blessing so far, other than waking up this morning. You know the on-field stuff, you're good at the on-field stuff. What is it like to, like, go out to dinner with Mike Tomlin? You get the off-the-field stuff. What, what's that like? It was cool. I mean, he a normal dude. That's what you want. I mean, he was a normal dude. Eating his chicken wings over there. I'm like, Mike Tomlin eat chicken wings? You think he, you know what I'm saying? He up here with it. So I felt like that was cool, too. So did you permission to eat chicken wings, too? Like, wait, did you have to play cool? No, I was just being myself. I ain't gonna lie. I love chicken wings, so I was, I was eating those myself. <laughs> with the crab fries. I was fire. Since your season ended up until this point, where do you think you made the most progress that's past just my footwork that's all i focus on with quincy uh and coach sean just making sure i'm on base and balance and even when i'm on the run coming under control and just being able to drive football i think that was the biggest thing just focusing on this footwork stuff i mean i don't have any more film to you know get so you can't tell i mean so it is what it is but i just try to come out every time i get the throw and be better than i was the last time I know you said you're just kind of being yourself, whether you're around Mike Tomlin or doing what you're doing, but this is a pretty intense situation these last few weeks and it's still going. What have you kind of learned about yourself kind of going through this process? It's not that tense. <laughs> no. I mean, what, what can you control about it? How you work every day, how you go about what you eat, you know, you control that type of stuff, but you can't control a situation that you're in. And you just got to accept the 
well, intensity or the situation. Yeah, it's a lot of like, you know, worries going back and forth about us. But at the end of the day, I don't even watch TV. I mean, I just be playing the game and just go to work every day because as soon as I get an opportunity, you want to be ready for it. And that's what it's about, the preparation more or less than what's being said or how it feels. Uh, I think it's about just having the mindset to go in there and work every day. All right. Good stuff there from uh, Malik Wills. Uh, many thanks to Michael Phillips for his time. And always, thanks to everybody here for checking out the podcast. That is going to be it for me. I'm going to think about another podcast this week. And I mentioned the idea of doing a first-round mock draft for subscribers only here on the podcast. I'm pondering that. We'll see We'll see where, where we go with that one. Either way, plenty of more draft talk here on the Standard Room Only podcast. But that's it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Until next time. See ya.